A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Wow, we've got a kind of a kind of a fun crazy different episode for a special all this week. I would, that's the word I was looking for is special. Crazy different. Crazy different, cool, special. <laughs> um, before we get to that, we'll tell, you, we'll tell you what's so special about it. But before we get to that, we've got some very special people who need to be addressed. Um, they need to be named because they are, <laughs> yep. they are special. And right. to start off, I'm going to name a champion for actors rights a new one a new patron we absolutely love a champion for actors rights it's an important work and so thank you to nicole rosado lucio for the very important work that you do we love you forever we love you forever starting right now we love you forever actors love you forever yes and another group that we love forever are the newest members of tony fucking colette's inner circle they are Caitlin O, Sam Ostara, Emily Eckloff, Megan Boyd, Jasmine Leland, Naomi Spray, and Connor Young. Welcome to the Circle, baby. We are happy to have you here. Mm-hmm. We're so thankful for you. We love you unconditionally forever starting now. We absolutely do. And there are some people who we already loved and, they, and, and they've been named, but they were like, you know what? I want more. I need more. I, I've got to give more. And we so appreciate it. They have upgraded... In the Patreon, and they are Carrie Monster and Pigface Wigface. I just want to say, Pigface Wigface, excellent strategy with your Patreon joining. We have now said your name <laughs> three times, and that, what a way to play it. What a way to play it, and we do appreciate it. We appreciate both of you so much. Uh, thank you, thank you for everything that you do. We love you forever, and it, we'll just keep saying those dang names yeah i think pigface wigface is gonna downgrade downgrade upgrade upgrade downgrade <laughs> downgrade <laughs> i feel like really just keep uh, it going just keep it going just sort of keep us on our toes being involved in any way that that you can um and we do so appreciate it we very much do and just to give you a little uh, idea of the episode that's coming up, we are going to be having another crossover episode with our friends at spooko um, a kind of sister podcast uh, in Australia. You know, all the way across the pond. No, that's what you say for British. All the way across the world. <laughs> world. World. That was better, right? Yeah, that's better. That's better. They're all friends, Shag and Peach of Spooko <laughs> in in Australia. Um, and yeah, so it's just a a fun little crossover episode. Um, you can check them out at Spooko and 
we've done a few episodes with them before, so maybe you already know. Maybe you're well-versed in the Spooko universe, and this crossover is what you've been freaking waiting for. And so in that case, you're in luck. <laughs> in, in that case, you're in luck. And if you don't know that that this is what you want to hear, still, I got to say, you're in luck. Um, mm-hmm. They're Either delightful. Like, like, I'll see you there from Australia. <laughs> Uh, one of our very favorite accents to do and to hear and you're gonna hear a lot of it so lucky us and you and here is this freaking episode it starts right now and it starts right now and it starts right now (laughs) this is emily henley and sammy and you're listening to too scary didn't watch everyone welcome to two spooko didn't watch crossover episode i am emily and i am too scared to watch scary movies i'm sammy and i like watching scary movies uh i'm peach and i am very much too scared to watch scary movies i'm shag and i'm a massive fan of scary movies <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh yeah! we nailed that. <laughs> an even 50 50 split <laughs> yes Although I should say, I think I'm now in the minority because uh, M does occasionally watch scary movies. M, fresh out of The That's Conjuring true. 3, how are you feeling? Any nightmares? No nightmares. It not, it has not stuck with me at all. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm incredibly brave and I'm really sorry to leave you behind, Peach. But um, I did hear that it wasn't as scary as it, as it could have been. Also, like, I don't worry that there's a demon trapped in me. So that's not really going to stick with me unless, you know, some spooky shit starts happening in my apartment. But for now, not scared. You've survived. There's a moral in there somewhere for us all. I think so. I feel like the moment they bring in, like, the Bible, it stops being scary. That's my thing. My thing is, why are demons only afraid of Christianity? There are so many other religions. There are, like, why? That is truly the catch that gets me every fucking time. It's like, it only matters if you're Catholic? That's insane. Um, Shag was telling me that that The Exorcist in the 70s was essentially a priest recruiting movie, that, that it sort of worked. I was like, hey, become a priest, and you get some magic powers they're gonna help you fight (laughs) demons this is a true story you would think the vatican would have been against the exorcist but they were actually pro it because they saw a massive uptick in people wanting to join the priesthood because it basically and the same way that the conjuring does it basically pits priests as these superheroes that understand the demonic world and for some reason are the only things that demons are afraid of like you said Priests must fucking love these movies. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good point. If you're a priest, you watch these movies and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me. This is my Avengers, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like me watching Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. I'm finally represented on screen. Well educated white men are like, oh, fuck them finally. There's a film for us. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I would like to start talking about the film we want to do today purely because it didn't have a Wikipedia synopsis. So I had to write one. And even though the film goes for 80 minutes, like all good horror films should, 
My synopsis runs for five pages, so I hope we can get through it in this episode. It's so hard. It's very hard to gauge how long the retelling is going to take, and sometimes it is longer than the actual film. So, But we'll do our best to, to speed. I didn't take any notes, so maybe I'll speed us up. Sammy, as an editing professional, can I, can I just ask before we get into it, We've yep. sort of come to a view that somewhere between 85 and 90 minutes is the perfect length for a film. Um, look, editing is your profession. Is there something magic in that number? Are you always aiming for like a real neat 86 minutes credits roll sort of sort of scenario? Um, well, for if it's a made for TV movie, there's like an action. It has to be that length because of the commercial breaks. So it needs to be, I think it's. Um, 84 minutes but you know nowadays nothing's really made for tv anymore it's all on netflix but yeah that does still seem to be the sweet spot i'd say so today's film is in that weird limbo that i think only exists and i'm putting this out there because i was thinking about this today this only exists for two genres which is both horror and indie comedies with up-and-coming social media stars in that they get a big buzz at film festivals and then they just completely disappear until you see them on could i get an example of one film that is that is an indie (laughs) comedy with an up-and-coming social media star That one with Claudia O'Doherty where they're ghost hunters in Scotland and then it turns out, I look. I don't know who Claudia O'Doherty is. <laughs> but this is my point. Like this movie was nowhere because it wasn't a Marvel movie, so it didn't exist. Anyway, so um, this this is a very, very much like growing to be like a bit of a sort of cult Australian horror. Um, Sammy, I've got to ask because I'm interested in this. I put this to the group in an email. You know, I suggested a couple of films and one of them I suggested this film because I was like I think this is maybe the goriest thing I've ever seen and straight away you were like yes let's do that one bring on the gore (laughs) tell me about that response um I feel like we actually don't do a lot of gory movies on our podcast so I just felt like why not switch it up and I actually do like gore um uh, for the most part there's some that's a little excessive and this one you know wasn't my favorite (laughs) but um i i was just curious i had when something is the goriest i gotta know what that means i think that's kind of the point i wanted to get to and you know it is this thing that i wonder if it's similar to you guys who don't follow horror films if I hear, if somebody, you know, I heard about this film from people reviewing it at, I think, the Sydney Film Festival and saying that the, the gore was over the top and some of the most brutal, you know, practical effects. So not special effects, like not digital effects, but practical effects they'd ever seen. And as soon as I read that review, something inside of me said, you're going to see this at some point. And I was even a bit scared to see it. But part of me was like, you have to see what that looks like. I love that you're like the Marty McFly of watching horror films. It's like, Shag, you'll be too scared to watch this. And you're like, no, too scared. Hey, I'll go watch that horror film. But, but it's this weird thing where it's like, I think it's the thing we've been trying to get to in the past couple of episodes of Spooko, where as like a horror fan, it's not like I want to see gore. But there's something inside of me that's like, I want to see how far they're going to push it. Like, I want to see how far they're going to go. Um, and to Sammy's point, in this film, like, and it's a it's a cheaply made film. Like I said, they're practical effects, so it's probably just paper mache and a lot of <laughs> jars of raspberry jam. I don't know how they make horror effects now. But the effects are insane. So 
uh, so today, um, we like I said, we're doing a film from 2019, an Australian horror film called The Furies. Oh, what's the trailer, dudes? Ooh, heck yeah. Look, I just saw both Peaches and M's reaction to the trailer, and I, I, and also hearing Sammy be like, "It's not my fault." I'm like, I feel kind of bad. This is the first time, maybe since the, we did the Human Centipede, that I'm like, I feel bad about bringing this to the pod. Oh, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what you've done to me, but I'm like, cut those fingers off. Let's go, let's go. So I don't know if you guys primed me for some gore with that earlier chat, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Gore is still tough for me, but there it like that trailer. It got it made me wonder. I mean, I guess I don't watch I don't watch a lot of gore film trailers <laughs> like like because we don't do them that often on the pod even. But like, are they allowed to show more in Australian trailers? Because <laughs> that was gnarly. <laughs> oh man! But part of me thinks you know because and and this is something I'm starting to realize as you know we do this podcast that there is. There is this great love in the horror genre of practical effects, and that's you know just using like arts and craft basically to do things rather than using digital effects. You guys both work in film. Surely you watch a trailer like this and you're like, oh, that's just two sausages and some tomato sauce. <laughs> um, I mean, there's some movies that definitely. What was it? It was Night of the Living Dead. I mean, that it's an old film, but it's like so clearly sausages that it really makes me laugh. No, this was. I felt like this looked pretty good. There were a few parts that looked a little less good, but for the most part, it it got me. It felt felt real and it felt and gross. And for me, it's like it's still gross. Yeah, like it looks gross. Whatever it is, it looks gross. Like I don't, I don't want to see it. That's oh, it. Man. It's like whenever Jamie Oliver's like, don't eat chicken McNuggets, they've got like ground up chicken beaks in it. It's like they taste delicious. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's in there. Uh, I'm pro chicken. This is not a pro Mc- Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So, all right, let's, let's talk about the Furies because <laughs> just a couple of interesting things about this film before we go into it. Um, uh, written and directed by a first-time Australian director called Tony D'Aquino. Uh, his name's spelt in the same way Peach as yours is, with a D apostrophe A, which I think probably means he has a lot of trouble anytime he has to enter his name into a form online yeah. and they don't allow apostrophes. Yeah, I use, I use my wife's name to, like, order takeaway food and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, done. <laughs> it's good. It works well. <laughs> Does it show up with, like, a bunch of, like, symbol, like, asterisk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah like, you get it sometimes. It's good. <laughs> but I, like this might 
might have been a first-time director of the film. I think it was also a first-time trailer producer because that trailer just gave away the entire plot of the film. I'm like, yep, cool, I've now seen the film. It, To be fair, it doesn't. And oh. one of the reasons I wanted to do this, I think it's actually an interesting story. And it comes from the fact that... Uh, the director, like a lot of, um, I think, you know, first-time horror directors are just massive fans of horror cinema. So it feels like now every new horror film is a is a homage to horror as a genre. And this is definitely that, right? So he was a big fan of the whole final girl trope. And he was like, okay, well, what if I had heaps of final girls mm-hmm. and heaps of Michael Myers chasing after them and we put them all together? Mm-hmm. What would happen? So and like... Leatherface too. It reminds me of like very Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So, so what's interesting about that is, and and we'll try to speak to them as we go through all of those big killers that we'll talk about in this film. Each one is an homage to a different horror film. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a Leatherface. There's a there's one. There's some classic ones. There's like Motel Hell or some someone I don't understand from the seventies that I'm not deep enough into horror to get. But there's all of these different montages all the way through. And I think the other thing that I quite like about this film is, especially when you watch 80s slashes, there's this really uncomfortable, like, sexualization of everything. Like, there's a lot of sort of, like, nudity and a lot of nude slashed bodies. Mm -hmm. And in this film, he's like, I wanted to, like, take that up, like, right down to the costumes. I wanted it to just look like, like, especially, like, the women in this are just looking like, they're wearing normal clothes. Yeah. Like there's no, which which I think it like gives it this interesting tone that is quite starkly different to like often when people try to do homages to like 80 slashes. Yeah, the main actress is in just like a, a bulky sweater and she was great, I thought. I thought she was really good. Um, hopefully this movie avoids the like, meta risk of like, I feel like it's too easy to be like just winking and nodding to influences for an entire film. And then it turns out you're watching Shrek, but the horror, but the horror movie version, like <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of on alert for an uber meta sort of film that kind of just ends up eating itself with its own it- self referential it, it It's not that, but I will say that I work with a couple of, like, at the moment, you know, in the ad world, like, the Khan thing's on, and I work with a couple of people who uh, judge Khan stuff, and they sort of let us into a couple of case studies where it's like they start really promisingly, like, the, the big, the worst thing, they start really promisingly and they don't know what to do with it. This film is one of those ones where I'm like, wow, if someone who was a little bit more seasoned remade it, it could be an amazing like mini series or something. Like th- I feel like there's a lot of meat to this. And, like Sam, I don't know what you thought. Like what were your thoughts about this before we go into it? Um, I I mean, was just mostly very grossed out and <laughs> But no, I agree. It was like a fun kind of mystery. Uh had a good mystery element to it, which I like. Um where you're kind of trying to figure it out as it goes. And yeah, I'm now I'm thinking more about what I may have missed in the references. And I always think that's kind of fun of like when you can rewatch something and see something you didn't catch the first time. There must be some Hills Have Eyes references in there, too. Felt like maybe Saw, like the thing about like, it's a game, you have to figure it out like that. That mm-hmm. is reminiscent to me of that. I'm a, like, uh, to be honest, like one of my favorite horror subgenres is the 
deadliest game where humans are hunted. For some reason, I, I'm I'm very yeah. uh, attracted to that genre. I think it's really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, okay. So so let's do this because mm-hmm. this is a, this. Let's see if we can get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts on like proper spooky titles. This is another question I think is really interesting. Like yellow, for some reason, its titles is scary. Like it, it's a bold yellow title, and I'm like, whoo, I'm on edge straight away. <laughs> it's from probably from isn't the Shining yellow? I feel like the Shining poster is yellow, but also I recognize this font, and it's gonna drive me crazy forever. So if anybody out there knows what uh, what other movie this font was used in, please tell me. <laughs> hey, look, just a bit of design thing. Create your own font. Don't just take a font from Word and put it in there. Like I know, like just take one, tweak it. Like it, it yeah. Anyway, anyway, that is that is my design brain uh, work. Uh, like to be fair, everyone's an amateur typographer now. Like lawyers are like, oh, did you you know invest in some new like custom fonts for your firm and stuff? Like it's it's really <laughs> fucked. But it, like isn't 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 the rule that yellow is for horror and lime green is for aliens and sort of. You're being coded with like, hey, guys, got some horror coming up for you. It's yellow. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. And then blue is for superhero and red's for like thriller. I've never heard this rule. I was kidding. I'm, <laughs> I like it. I'm making it up I, as I, I go. Thought. But oh, especially those last two that I just pulled out of nowhere. But I'm going to be on the lookout though. Yeah, I'm going to be on high let's alert. Do let's do it. But, yeah, but uh, now I'm like, what's but what's like a gen, gentle, like tragedy comedy starring Ben Affleck's brother? Like what's uh, that? Whatever like, that what Instagram you... filter that was famous. It was six years ago. Black yeah. But oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Anyway, okay, all right. The film starts with like that. I don't know who started. I don't know if you guys like if 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 Sammy, you know where the original Christopher Nolan. Boom. I think it was. I think. I mean, it certainly was popularized by Inception. So it starts with one of those because every movie has to now to let you know that you're in for some shit. Uh, and we see a scared woman in, again, in like just regular clothes. But it's, it's, it's weird because it's in the middle of the bush. And this is proper, this is bushland. It was shot outside of Canberra, which is the Australian national capital, if you don't know, um, uh, which is a very stark, dry, weird part of the world where it gets really hot in summer and really cold in winter. And this bush, it looks like dead bushland. There doesn't look like there's any grass on the ground. The trees look mostly dead. I wonder if it was shot in a bushland that had been ravaged by bushfires at some point. That's the vibe I get mm-hmm. from it. The Wikipedia page would have helped, but uh, yeah, it makes life tough. There's no, but I know, there's none. That's <laughs> it. Difficult. And IMDb is impossible to, like, its UI is terrible. Um, So we see a scared woman in normal clothes running through, chased by a scary figure with a scythe, like a proper, like, Grim Reaper scythe. She collapses to the ground with a gross leg wound, and we get, like, a really close look at the gross leg wound, just so we know straight from the start we're going to go, we're going to see Gould. Foreshadowing. He's about now, scary guy. Now, he's wearing a big jumpsuit and he's wearing a scary mask. He's about to kill her when another spooky guy out of nowhere in another jumpsuit and in a different spooky mask appears out of nowhere, wrestles with him, grabs the scythe and disembowels him. And it's that classic horror movie thing where someone's just clutching their stomach and then they open it a bit and then some like hoses come I don't know how you do intestines but you know what I mean yeah this is the sausage link some hoses covered in raspberry (laughs) jam it's the bleakest time of the year so you know what that means we deserve to get cozy on the couch rewatch our favorite tiktok videos and drink a goddamn glass of wine if you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle you will love our next sponsor naked wines did you know that when you buy wine today most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging 
big budget marketing campaigns and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We then cut to uh, the disemboweled, guy, dis- disemboweled guy's viewpoint as an homage to, I think, Halloween when we see through Michael Myers' sort of eyes. Um, and we, we watch the guy pick up the girl and carry her off like a sort of damsel in distress, which is a weird way to start, right? And straight away goes, okay, this isn't going to be exactly what you think it yeah. is. Uh, we then go to the real titles that uses old school computer graphics hinting at the idea that this is some sort of a game and someone's watching mm-hmm. us. What was it called? The House on the Hill? The, the, the Joss Whedon one? That was sort oh, of Cabin in, in the Woods. Yeah, yep. that's, that's where my head's at here. Yep. Your head's in the right place then. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so maybe it's a derivative of that as well. Fucking congratulations. <laughs> Where's an original idea? Um, Timmy Blogsy, whatever your name is. Jason D'Alba. D'Alpino. D'Aquino. But, but okay, so, so the worst scene in the whole film by far is the opening scene where That's they- right. You want to start off that way. <laughs> start weak and build from there. <laughs> Can only get better. But it is bad because it's like in this scene, it's like how can we cram all the backstory possible into a really forced conversation between two characters? So- <laughs> We're in some random Australian city in an underpass. We hear traffic in the background to be like, this is like a busiest area. And two characters are spray painting fuck patriarchy in a train underpass. Sick. Let's do it. Uh, In the conversation that happens while they're spraying this uh, motif, uh, they reveal that there's two characters. There's the future hero, Kayla, who, you know, you've seen from the trailers and uh, is, uh, to Sam's point, is just wearing like a baggy jumper and 
some like crappy like day jeans, not even like going out jeans. Um, <laughs> You're really going uh, in on the wardrobe on this film. I can't stress enough how weird it is watching a film where people are just wearing like normal clothes. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. like honestly, this film is like if you go to a suburban like Australian, I guess, shopping center, on not even on a Saturday, <laughs> on like a Wednesday afternoon, these are the outfits people are wearing. Like it's, it is genuinely, interesting to watch anyway so except for one character and sam you probably know who's kind of a bit annoying and it's an annoying characterization a saturday mall (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so so there's these two characters kayla's the future hero and a friend maddie now maddie is sick of looking after kayla because kayla's too scared to experience the real world she doesn't want to spray spray paint on the wall which is (laughs) what really pisses maddie off she's like come on let loose live a little you're so scared but this is the best part but she's too scared to do stuff because she has epilepsy and maddie's like stop using your epilepsy as an excuse to not live maddie seems like a bad friend right epilepsy shaming as well Fuck it's yeah. look it's a weird moment anyway but like i said that's the worst scene of the film we're done they have a fight and both storm off but they're both captured by spooky men who we can't see who shoved them into vans um we then cut to a sort of dreamlike sequence that only goes for like 20 30 seconds where we're in some sort of a doctor's surgery we see just close-ups um is it is it a is it a narrow depth of field where most things are out of focus but some things are in focus? Um, like we see sort mm-hmm. of like scalpels and like yeah. blood, but just a lot of it's out of focus. Yeah, we see close ups of um, Kayla's eye and with like a blood Goom. tear coming out of it, Goom. like a blood tear. Like okay, cool. <laughs> uh, um, medical horror is not okay. Yeah, oh, I agree. Ooh, worst. Yeah. So Kayla wakes up inside a box in the middle of the bush where a flashing light above her, like with a flashing light above her. So she's inside this box, but we know it's in the middle of the bush because a big drone shot goes up and goes, this box is in the middle of nowhere. Um, And there's this flashing light above her and a high-pitched squeal that causes her intense distress. The squeal eventually stops, the box opens, and she jumps out, out of breath, scared. No one is around. Like I said before, everything looks dead. And the box has the word beauty written on it with a number. I think she's beauty number six. Six. Mm -hmm. She looks around for Maddie but freaks out when instead of finding Maddie, she finds a corpse of one of the men and it's probably the man from the start who gets killed. By uh, so that was like Beast 3 or something. Fucking congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> now she's screaming out for Maddie when jump scare! Uh, two girls, Alice and Sheena, confront her with a jump. Sorry, I've just written this. Confront her with a jump scare. And, but it's that classic technique where it's like we've already seen some gore, but then it's like, well, no, it's just your friend being like, what's going on? Yeah, it's total just fake out. spray painting some stuff. <laughs> no, no, this is two different girls. So this is Alice and Sheena, um, hand on mouth, tell her to be quiet and not to alert whoever put us here. Because Kayla's being like, help, help, Maddie. And they're like, shh, don't do it. Like there's scary people around. So they ask if she has a phone, but she's got nothing on her. At this point, Kayla's like, oh, fuck, runs back to the box, checks for something, and realizes she doesn't have her epilepsy pills, which will be a plot device moving forward. She has a, she, at this point, she does have a fit, and 
a thing that happens when she has a fit, she starts having these glitches where all of a sudden it looks like she can see through the eyes of one of these killers. Uh, so she has a fit and she can see like through, like almost like a video gamey sort of watching someone walking forward mm-hmm. and she can see that the person she's watching through is carrying an axe. She wakes up and one of the girls, Sheena, has run off and the other one, Alice, stayed with her. Kayla asks if Alice can remember anything. Um, and at this point, each of them gets a bit of a backstory. Alice's character's revealed she was about to steal a car when she was jumped by some scary dudes. That's as much as her backstory gets. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayla's like, do you remember an operating theatre and whether they did anything to your eyes? Alice cannot. Yeah, surely you're under a general anaesthetic at this stage or you're under... But it's also... Yeah, hang on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, but, no, but I think that's a fair thing. It's like, you know, when you get out of an operation and you can kind of remember it, but... It almost feels dreamlike. No, but I'd say I'll accept that as true, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> I've never so, been under anesthetic, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. It's, um, I, as, a, as a teenager, I was, and then I had to get a lecture from the doctor afterwards because apparently when I was coming out of it, I was like, this is awesome. I want to do this all oh, the time. No. He was <laughs> like, red, red flag, give him, give, give him the talk. <laughs> I did the same thing on morphine. I like had my shoulder dislocated and they put it back in. I was like, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> and popped it straight back out again. So I got it, Shag. It's uh, oh, <laughs> the gosh. dangers, the dangers uh, of opioids. No. <laughs> All right. So at this point, Kayla's like, oh, fuck, Maddie. Yes, we've got to go find Maddie. Alice says, no, like, let's not look for your friend. Let's just get out. Um, it's kind of every person for themselves now. Kayla's like, well, why did you stay with me? And at this point, this is probably the most Australian bush thing ever. Uh, Alice uses a pigging metaphor. She's like, have you ever been pigging? And Kayla's like, obviously is protected and has never left her hometown because of her epilepsy. Is like, no, I've never been pigging. And it's like, well, you, uh, you, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's like you, you let a couple run because the 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 weakest one is the one that gets caught it's, or something yeah basically like the concept of i i don't have to run the like super fast i just have to run faster, run faster than you, than you. Type of thing. yes yeah that's what that's it is so good. yeah I, again I, is hunting for pigs hunting for wild pigs yeah yeah, I also <laughs> have been sheltered and never left my hometown because of my <laughs> epilepsy, so I had never done that either. Um, at this point, they see Axeman, who's the person Kayla was in the head of before. So they hide behind another box, and this box has beast, number, etc. written on it. At this point, Kayla has another fit. Alice decides to run, leading Axeman away from Kayla. He throws the axe at her, so he takes it and like, and it's like a proper like wood axe. So he has to use two hands, throws it, misses her, um, hits a tree right next to her. She takes it out, tries to attack him, but he catches it, turns it on her. <laughs> and, and and this part, I literally just wrote here. I mean, oh my god! Um, it's that like the, when when uh, the killer's like trying to push the knife in your eye and you're pushing it away. That's what's happening with the axe, and she's slowly getting, slowly getting axed, sliced oh. with an axe right in her face. It's very slow. Uh, <laughs> I think this is an axe as being like a more blunt blade than others well it's not it's not slicing through no he is no, pressing it very hard Ew. 
Yeah, right. so this is like this is actually I think this might be the worst thing I've ever seen in the film, and <laughs> and and is also like it it kind of it also does look a bit fake. Like when you're watching it, you're at, like, that's just a mask. At the end, it out. looked pretty fake. In the beginning, I feel like it looked gross, but then yeah, the further in it goes, <laughs> some funky things so, happen. So just to explain, like she pushes her face on the side to go away from it. So he is holding the axe to the side of her face and just slowly cuts her whole face off, revealing just like a bloody, like it's just, and it goes for like 30 seconds. It goes for so long. Like it, and the camera does not pull away and you were just like, what (laughs) the fuck, right? Okay, so that, anyway, so that happens. uh, Axeman then hears another scream and goes off in that direction. Kayla wakes up, no one is around, runs to Alice's body, finds her dead. This is a really interesting shot choice as well because at this point, the camera only catches Alice's reaction and we see from behind, sorry, Kayla's reaction and we see from behind Alice's head. And it's like, why are you not showing it now? Like you showed us everything before. (laughs) But she's basically just like, oh, fuck, this is real. So she runs and finally makes it to a clearing and I think it's that lake outside of, you know, that giant lake outside of Canberra. I think it's called Lake Air. That's the dry, dry lake. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Lake. yeah, the dry lake. So it's there, right? And so it's just like, it's just horizon for the, like flat land and horizon, you know, for wherever you look. Um, she makes a run for it when she notices another one of those squealing lights. And in fact, a border of those squealing lights all the way, you know, like, uh, you know, down the horizon mm-hmm. that uh, makes her like collapse in agony and she has to crawl back into the sort of game area. She sits down to catch her breath when she hears a scream and there's another girl running towards her, begging for help, being chased by Axeman. Now, this is Suicide Squad, like, which we've already covered like two other times with, um, like, like, <laughs> Originality is overrated, right? Like everything has been done before, but I do think you need to make some attempt to try to do something different. I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, like I shouldn't. Be- I love how immediately you hate this movie. I, 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 I'm just not. Yeah, I'm just not there. I'm not about it. I love the preview. The, the preview was great. <laughs> That's all you needed. Yeah. And now this is too much. <laughs> okay, so Axeman uh, throws the axe straight into her back. This time she hits. Uh, this time he hits. Uh, she stumbles, lets out like this awful scream where she's just like, what, this is too much, and falls. He approaches her to make the death blow, but he stops, looks at Kayla, and gives this wave, like a hey there wave sort of thing, and not a scary one, like a hey. And then it's it's a weird moment. She just kind of waves back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It really made at this me point, laugh. Sammy, were you like, um, what? <laughs> I just, this moment just really made me laugh. No, I was on board. No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> He pulls the axe out, stands above the unnamed woman, prepares to kill her, but then another man, sickle man, so this man has a sickle, uh, he doesn't have overalls, he has like a whole suit of skin, and he kind of, he's a bit of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of guy. This guy, I have to describe him further because he's definitely the grossest one to me. He is wearing a a suit of skin, (laughs) like entirely on the top half, like it's um, like a button-up well stitched up (laughs) laced up skin suit but then on the bottom half it splits open and he's not wearing like the leg part of the skin but the leg skin is still there but it's just tied to his legs just like like so there are empty skin flaps dank like tied to his legs it's so gross (laughs) 
It's like the no, most no, disgusting uh, costume design I've ever seen. <laughs> now, Emily, you're an, you're an artisan and a craftsperson and a costume designer. Have you ever <laughs> worked true. with skin? I guess is question one. Um, I have not. Well, no, like, I have not worked with skin. Well, leather, uh, I guess, would be the analogy. Leather would be, yeah, I'm, I wonder if it's similar. <laughs> no, probably. <laughs> Fun fact, um, on this season of The Bachelorette, one of the <laughs> contestants' uh, job is listed as skin salesman. <laughs> well, he got Sammy not anymore because he did. He was a night one guy. So God damn goodbye, it. Jeff. Oh, goodbye, Jeff. Sorry. What, piercings, Sorry tattoos, or just... But I will be contacting yes, him. Yes, I was going to say. That's who I you can will, reach out to for your, for your yeah. skin needs. Did Jeff drink too but, much um, on like, the first the first cocktail party, or or it was just a bit of a weird? No, he was too weird. He was too weird. <laughs> he he brought his RV and and just it was. He just, oh, he she didn't like that. He he ate celery in front of he her. He ate celery in his RV, and but it like what that that makes it sound more fun and like a character than it was. It was just like it didn't work. Didn't and yeah. it didn't work, and he went home. I feel so, like the sorry, producers Jeff. on that show are like. Uh, the most influential. Like, I'm just so so glad they use their evil powers just to yeah. make interesting television. Uh, I hope puppet, I never meet one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be like, hey, Peach, do you know what you should do? And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I'll drive my RV and eat some <laughs> It'll celery. be great. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so skin sickle man. Uh, you're right. Like he is absolutely gross, and I do love the fact that there was a lot of care to the top half, and then they're like, you know what, just tie those legs. That's a lot of work. That was good. him. Yeah, getting uh, too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so they proceed to have a fight. Kayla takes this opportunity to rescue the girl, drags her back into the woods. She asks, "What's your name?" The girl says, "Sally." Uh, she says, "Sally, don't worry. Like I know you have. Like I, like it's fine. We'll get you out. It's not far now." Um, we cut back to Sickle Man and Axeman having a fight. Sickle Man gets the upper hand, pokes Axeman's eyes out, then slashes him seemingly to death. Kayla and Sally are back into the woods. Sally can't keep going. Uh, She's been axed so, in the back. Like, which is fair <laughs> enough. My God. I was very but impressed also, that I, she kept going. <laughs> as, I, as I know from, from Adele in the past, like, if you want to get like, if you want to get into like a horror movie, it's a lot better to be like knifed or axed than to be shot. If you're shot, you're probably going to die. Knifed or axed, it takes a lot of like cuts and stabs before you know it actually hits something. Sorry, but I know this, but it's like, like you can survive an axe wound basically, which Good is crazy, know. but you can. Good to know. So, Good to know. So, so, so Sally asks Kayla. Do you believe in magic in the Furies? Now, I didn't know who the Furies were outside of a old, I think, Irish folk band, but they're uh, they're a trio of uh, ancient Greek goddesses who were essentially the the, the goddesses of uh, like retribution and revenge. I think. So, 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 what's the question? Do you do you, do you believe that these goddesses of retribution look, exist? Again, like I said, if someone with a bit more experience had spent a bit more time on the script, I would have. This is a really. It's an interesting moment that never comes up yeah. again. But she's like, "Do you believe in the Furies?" And Kayla's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "May the goddesses protect you." This is back like- of the envelope stuff. This is. This is. <laughs> I, I'm not excited about this movie. I and feel she- like that. Sorry, I'm going. Sammy, go. Sorry, no, sorry. No, no, you go, Peach. I, I, I want to hear this. 
I feel like that the director and scriptwriter um, has friends who are not good friends in that they refuse to do him the service or give him the gift of genuine feedback. I feel like he's surrounded by yes men who are excited to be in his universe but do not have the courage or the genuine friendship to sit down and say, these are very interesting ideas. You need to go away and come back in six weeks having thought them through properly. That is what I would expect a friend to do. And I now pity this poor screenwriter and director for not having the group of close confidants, friends and mentors to be able to help um, her, him, them through this process. It's, uh, it's a heartbreaking story. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> so, so Kayla hides Sally in a tree trunk. Uh, Sickle Man is now stalking through the bush and we think he's on Kayla's trail, but he's actually just found Sally. He pulls her out of the tree. He pulls her up. So she's sitting upright with her back to a tree, goes behind the tree, pulls both her arms and then off camera, we hear him pull her arms off. Uh, it's nasty. Breaks her like a little twig. Uh, those it arms. does make her like a little <laughs> It's really, really gross this, Like this film pulls no punches So every time I'm like, oh, that's as far as they're going to go It's like, oh no, they went further So we, we go back to Kayla uh, And she hears a scream And then there's a jump scare And this time there is a bad guy behind her This time it's a new one, it's Pigman He's wearing a pig mask and he's carrying a machete they have a scuffle. She gets the upper hand and grabs the machete and she starts sort of swinging it at him. But all of a sudden he stops. We hear a whirring sound and then his head just explodes. <laughs> What's, yeah. this okay. mm. what <laughs> What's this now? What is this now? Now, Kayla runs back to Sally. And again, I was like, oh, they're not going to show her body with her arms torn off. And maybe it was too hard to show the arms being torn off. I think that's the case. I think it was expensive to show the arms being torn off. You just get a before showing and after. The bo- <laughs> yeah. So we then discover the corpse. And I actually think this, is, this might actually be worse than the face coming off. <laughs> I this like scene. each thing is just going to be like, actually, this might be the worst part. How, but how did you feel about this shot? Because I thought it was pretty gross. I don't know that it was grosser than the axe face although to be fair the axe face looked more fake i guess yeah this looked real like and there's just so much blood in this one there's just like the ground was red it was like they did not scrimp which is which is a bit more realistic there'd be a lot more blood in all of these things anyway so she keeps going machete in hand and i wrote at this point we are 30 minutes into the film (laughs) christ (laughs) She comes across an old town. Now, did they do this thing when you guys were in primary school where they take you to like an old-timey mining town Mm -hmm. as like a history excursion? Mm -hmm. Yep. So the town she finds is basically that. It's one of those like, come and visit old-timey Australia where people, and, you know, conveniently no mention of the massacres Mm -hmm. of the Aboriginal people as well. It's just like, they were just white people. This is what life is like. So she, she finds a map and sees there's a gold mine there. She begins to explore. She goes inside one of the shacks. She hears, behind, sign, uh, she hears a sound behind her, turns around, takes a swing with her machete and accidentally slashes another girl straight in the neck, killing her. And this moment. Gosh, pull one oh, out. Take pull it from one the out descent. for beauty number eight. <laughs> oh, that's a, you're right. That's from The Descent. That's right. 
Sammy. <laughs> At this point, because that's one of your favorite it films, is. right? Were you just like, shit, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to, you know, borrow from other other films, you got to throw <laughs> The Descent in there. Why not? <laughs> nice. But if we can just so, linger, Sammy, The Descent is the film that on that big horror movie weekend you had at uni that, that got horror under your skin. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah this is my this is my thing. Yeah, the one that One that started it all. Yes, that's Bloody right. It's a great film. So at this point, Sheena, you might remember, ran off at the start. She appears with another girl. They see her with blood in her hands. Kayla says, please stay with me. She has another fit. Sheena takes the machete for her, from her and leaves, leaving the other girl. Kayla glitches, sees the gold mine, and sees through the eyes of another scary man who's hiding her friend Maddie, and he's hiding her in a shack near the gold mine. So she's like, okay, I know where Maddie is. She wakes up to the other girl staying with her, her character's revealed, and this character I hated so much, Rose. Sammy, do you want to explain Rose a little um, bit? She looks like an adult woman who is acting like a 10-year-old and is just very childlike, and she seems very scared, um, but uh, just also seems like an adult. So it's like, okay, like we need to, we're in a pretty uh, serious situation here. You need to fucking get up to speed and she's just like are we gonna be friends are you my friend and <laughs> kayla is very sweet to her and comforts her and you know it looks scary because kayla has just uh, murdered a, a woman and she's like that was an accident i swear like i would never do that to you and she's like okay rose is like okay good because we're friends right like i will never leave, leave you either it's just um yeah very interesting dynamic here yeah her one line of characterization is at one point she's like mommy said uh she was a better teacher than all the teachers so i had to be homeschooled so it's kind of homeschool shaming as well really i'm actually look and this is fairly controversial even within like my family i'm fairly down for some homeschool shaming i'm i'm about that (laughs) shaming (laughs) i'm about that homeschool shaming I mean, that's how you get people who are scared of vaccinations and uh, believe in QAnon, I think. Like, I, I think personally. But anyway, so, okay, so... Um, it's uh, on the soul, Kayla- right? Like, sorry, just to do, like, it's on the... You know, there are some wonderful homeschooling parents and wonderful homeschooling children around the place. But I do think it does... If you restrict the number of influences you have on your view of the world, I think it leads to an increased likelihood that you're receptive to ideas like that. So at this point, Kayla, you know, with Rose is like, I've got an idea. And with the dead girl who she's just killed, she decides to cut out the eyeball of the dead girl <laughs> to find out what's going on and discovers an implant behind it. At this point, there are Thank some... Thank God digi- she was right. Can you imagine being like, let's pull out her eye and then it leads to nothing? <laughs> like, okay, well, that's a huge, that was a huge swing. I mean, look, devil's advocate... They're already dead. You just can't, you just for be sure, like, oh. for sure. I wouldn't want to take their eye out, but but I but yes, she's not suffering. Yeah, nothing gained, nothing earned. I reckon. Um, so she discovers an implant behind it, and at this point, there are some pretty bad uh, like digital effects where there's like sparking electricity. Mm-hmm. No. It looks a bit cheap, but it looks like it looks like a pl- like I don't I don't use it anymore, but it looks like a plug-in that like you could get from like Final Cut Pro that would be like add electrical effects. Right, 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 right. Yes, it's, and it's probably that exact one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't even search; they just went for the first one. It's like how you can um, pretend you're Michael Bay by making everything look green and orange on in Final Cut. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, filters a go go. 
Um, okay, so we have another flashback to the operating, operating room where this time we see a bit more clearly there's a doctor who puts on a VR mask and we realise then that they can see through the girl's eyes through these VR masks. Uh, we then cut to the spooky control room for a second where we see a figure from behind and uh, like 10 screens in front mm-hmm. of him and th- at this point we can see that there's there's somebody watching and they're controlling and they're watching every they're watching through everybody's eyes both the the beauties and the beasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this point another spooky man appears. This time it's baby face, so he's wearing like a baby mask mm, yeah. and he does that thing. I, I don't know how to describe it on a podcast, but you know that thing that they make scary characters do where they just slowly tilt their head on the oh, yeah. Yes. I think you described it perfectly. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that from? Do you know where that's from originally? I don't know, but it feels like it's very unsettling. It's been a trope for a long time. I feel like that's probably goes back quite a while. Was it originally accompanied by a wagging finger? I sort of feel like it was um it was the villain in Terminator 2 was like a very like early one of the like the the head tilt of the mm, 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 mm. Yeah, anyway. Mm, could be. And it also could not be, and I could be totally wrong. So that's apologies right. for. <laughs> hey, that's our that's our vibe. We might be right. We might be wrong. Who cares? Who knows? We're just going to say things. We throw enough shit at the wall. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so Babyface is now in, in the picture. There's a bang on the door, but it's Sheena. She comes in with a machete because there's two more men coming. Kayla explains that they're being tracked via their eyes, which is actually pretty cool deductions, I reckon, in the heat of the moment, um, and says, why us? And then at this point, I don't know if this is meant to have like a broader societal point, mm. but Sheena says this iconic line. She's like, because it's a fucked up world full of fucked up men. I mean... Yeah. Fair. Sickle man appears. Uh, He does a scary thing where he's dragging his sickle around the corrugated iron of the shack. Is corrugated iron as big a thing outside of Australia? I feel like everywhere in the country, it's corrugated iron everywhere. That's sort of like wavy metal that you put on roofs. Um, I feel like it probably is out in the the country here too. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and it drags also... Along the windows, ew! I hated this. The like the Ooh. noise, like it'll go like clack 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 uh, on the metal, and then like ee on the windows. Uh, it's very intimidating and unsettling. And I feel like that was really good sound design again because it's like surely that's not an easy thing to capture well. Right. So they, um, they used their so... budget. That was they saved money <laughs> on that final cut effect put it into this sound design. I'm coming around to this movie so, now. There's great sound design. That's good. Uh, this is what I mean. It's like there's, there's definitely something to it. Anyway, so he breaks in. Uh, they're all hiding, but he hears a sound. He drags Rose out, but he conspicuously doesn't kill her because he can't see her face, and he's trying to kill her face, but she's hiding her face. Uh, the girls fight back and push him outside and close the door. They have a moment of calm. They realize that there are beauties and there are beasts. And while they're trying to work out why the man didn't kill Rose. And they realize that all the men have to save one of the girls. And if their girl dies, their head explodes. And so now the game is starting to be revealed. And I'm like, this is kind of a cool game and kind of a cool, pre- like a sort of newish premise. Mm-hmm. So they're pairs, like a ho- essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, right. So mm-hmm. there's that weird dynamic. 
Uh, at this point, there's a standoff between Kayla and Sheena because Sheena thinks it's now everyone for themselves. Now that they know that, well, you know, once yeah, yeah, Sheena is, and this is I would I would not have gone there. This part stressed me out because I wouldn't have put this together fast enough. But Sheena, yeah, realizes <laughs> that it's easier to kill the women than it is to kill the men. And yep. if you kill a woman, the man's head explodes. I was just like, oh fuck. Yeah, how fucked is that? Because it's like you kill two people in that scenario. Ooh. Yeah, okay. And so she is certain that they are going to try to kill her, that they're all going to try to kill each other. Whereas Kayla mm-hmm. and Rose are like, oh, no, no, like we're not going to do that. And so Sheena is just the, the wild card here that they're like, okay, Sheena's not our friend anymore. <laughs> so Kayla and Rose are like, fuck, okay. They make a run for it from it away from Sheena, who still has the machete. They hide in another building uh, and unbeknownst to them, Babyface sees them and goes after them. Kayla convinces Rose to help her find Maddie, and when they think the coast is clear, they crawl out like a hole on the side of this building. Um, Kayla first, Rose follows, but gets annoyingly stuck on some wire. And it kind of sucks because it's like I don't understand how she could have possibly crawled through this largish hole and at some (laughs) point caught herself. But then she's the baby infantile character, so it kind of makes sense. Kayla turns back to help just as Sickle Man comes into the shack and starts pulling Rose back out. Now, he's obviously not going to kill Rose until he can see her face. So there's like a bit of a tug of war between Kayla and Sickle Man to get Rose. Uh, Meanwhile, Babyface appears coming to try and kill Kayla. And Kayla's like, fuck, okay, well, I can't keep pulling you. Just hide your face and I'll come and save you. So she hides her face. Uh, Sickle Man pulls Rose back into the shack. She runs in. In the description, distraction, Rose grabs Sickle Man's sickle and cuts off his fingers, like just slices them right off. We saw that. That was satisfying. And now we get to maybe actually the grossest part of this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) So Kayla approaches Sickle Man with his weapon, but he grabs her and jams his bloody stumps oh, into her mouth. I forgot about this mouth. part. This is for, oh, oh. for sure the grossest part. This one, this oh, is definitely the grossest oh. part. He shoves it in her I'm mouth, like, but it's as if he's trying to kill her that way, as if he's trying to like punch through her. So he puts his whole bloody stump ew. fist in her mouth. Ew, 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 ew. It's so gross. Oh my God, I forgot about it. I blocked that out already. I completely forgot about that part. <laughs> I will never forget Uh. that scene. So Rose hacks his legs. He lets go. Kayla, because it's like an old-timey, like, working town, she grabs a giant corkscrew, screws it into Sickle Man. He falls to the ground and then starts screwing it into her to finally kill Sickle Mm -hmm. Man. Babyface then shows up at the door and Kayla, scra- Kayla screams, come on! Like, she's, like she's got this thing. They're, they've just killed her one of them. Her face is covered in he blood does another- from the hand that yeah. was bleeding into her mouth. And so she, they look That's like... That's right! They look gnarly. And she's just like, yeah, fucking come on then! And he, run, he runs <laughs> it's off. It's fucking cool! <laughs> <laughs> but not before he does another head tilt. Like, he comes in and he's like, head tilt? And then runs off. <laughs> So Kayla sees Sheena at this point make a run from it, for it, uh, chases after with, with Rose because realizes that she's going for Maddie and she doesn't want Sheena to give Ma- kill Maddie, so gives chase and confronts her. Uh, Sheena wants to kill all of the girls to survive uh, and approaches Kayla with her weapon. Meanwhile, Babyface at this point captures Rose and... Like Rose is like, help me, help me. But but Kayla's in a standoff with Sheena and she can't move. Um, and so Rose is like, why aren't you helping me? And meanwhile, Babyface is like trying to stab Rose and Rose is fighting it off. 
then Sheena all of a sudden now is like a dickhead and is like, Kayla, aren't you going to save Rose? Like, like what? Like, why are you now mean? But she's mean. <laughs> and at this point, there's something changes in Kayla's face and she's like, yes, I am. We cut to behind Sheena Axeman hasn't been killed yet, raises his axe. This is also, this was this made me on rewatch go, oh, I totally forgot. And chops uh, Sheena's face, Sheena's head in half from behind. Just goes, slices <laughs> right through that like, skull. Right through that skull. Good stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, at this point, Babyface's head explodes and Rose is now free. Kayla says to Axeman, you are my beast. And he does a whole, like, almost like a bit of a, I, it's kind of a curtsy. Like, it's a, it's a bit of a, like, it's Beauty like, and nice the Beast moment. <laughs> it is. It, like, really is. Is he the one that had waved to her before? Yes. Yes, yes, oh, okay. yes. And he doesn't have eyes, but he somehow made it back to her to save her. Mm. He puts a hand out as a bit like Milady. Uh, she takes his axe, swings it straight into his stomach, and he dies on the ground. Okay. At this at this point, Rose is angry at Kayla because she thinks she didn't help her. But they still go after Maddie. Uh, at this point, we see our final scary man, Birdman, who's got an owl face with a pitch with a pitchfork, watching from a distance. He wears three Rolexes feels- on each arm as well. But, yeah, yeah, it's Birdman. But I also think like that's a very funny joke. That's that's an extremely funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this is a bit of a Somerset, uh, Wicker Man sort of English folk horror yeah, yeah, reference, yeah. like the, like the owl face and the the pitchfork. Anyway, there's this moment. There's another moment where I'm like, what did that mean? I don't know. Kayla, share, she's like, they can hear us and they can see us, so I'm going to share a secret with you. And she writes a secret into Rose's palm, and she's like, did you get that? And Rose is like, yeah. And as far as I know, they don't go into this ever no, again. It's used once more, but it's never revealed what that means. I had the same thought of like, okay, <laughs> cool, cool trick. A real secret, a true secret. A re- we don't yeah. know. It's, never it's a literal secret. It's the fucking Pulp Fiction suitcase, which ruined a thousand art films after it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they, they find Maddie in the shack. Maddie's like, it turns out that Maddie, who was like, you have to be braver, was the coward all along. She's like, I should have looked for you. And Rose is like, yeah, because you're a coward and not a real friend. And then Rose is like, and then Rose gets a bit jealous about like Kayla and Maddie's friendship. So she's like, tell Maddie about all the women you've killed so far. (laughs) (laughs) And then then there's this callback to the start where Maddie says something to her where she's like, break the rules or be broken. And so Kayla says to Maddie, break the rules or be broken. Yeah, I had to kill a bunch of people, you know, some some innocent women as well. So Rose is like, okay, I'm done with your, like, making up. Where's the escape? Kayla's, like, through the mine, and Maddie's like, uh, look, there's no escape, and it turns out that the mine's been filled in. And there's this moment of, like, oh, fuck, we're not getting out. Owlman, Owlman then appears. Kayla's like, there's three of us. We've killed more of these dudes. We can do it. But then Kayla has another fit. Mm. So... Rose decides to slit Maddie's throat. And it's another pretty gross moment. <laughs> and at this point, Owlman's head explodes. And I, I wrote here, my note was, Rose is ruthless. <laughs> and she really yeah. is. So Kayla wakes up and she's being held by the now dead, uh, the now slit throat Maddie. And she just screams. Uh, Rose explains, I saved you. And what do we do now? 
And Kayla's like, now nah, what are you talking about? My best friend's dead. They, like, like nothing. there's nothing. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like, there's nothing. And Rose is really impatient. And she's like, what? The games are like, we got, we've still got to escape. You were going to help me. And Kayla's like, just leave us, leave us alone and says, I should have let you die. At this point, Rose screams, you said friends stick together, just like Sammy was saying before, and then runs off screaming, like runs off going like, ah, ah, ah. Seems ill-advised. Kayla, so at this point, Kayla leaves, makes it to the border and cuts her eye out to escape. And they, again, they spend probably a minute on this scene. Like they don't, they don't let us go. They're, they're like, no, it would be very hard. I don't think I could cut my eye out even after going through all of this. I really, I, I don't. I think you faint. I think I'd be the Maddie here. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think you'd pass you, out. Yeah. That'd be really, yeah, I don't know. Uh, she tears off a squeal light and takes it with her. Uh, night falls. The camera cuts to all the corpses and Rose, who is still alive. And then the, the, the screen transitions to we're not the movie now. We're the screen seeing seeing Rose. And there's an even though this is an Australian film, for some reason it needs to be an English voice to be spooky. <laughs> and it's like uh, prepare winner for next match. So, and you would think that's the end, right? But that is not the okay. end. So we then cut to a guy in a fancy home who's watching that face kill with a VR headset. But just as we're about to see the face come off for a second time, it glitches. He throws the headset off and he calls up like customer support. <laughs> and he's basically like, these replays are bullshit. And again, he's in Australia, like it's, it's, it's an Australian voice. So it's like, this is all happening in Australia. And there's a voice on the phone that's like, as a founding member, you are entitled to bonus material. And we, and you know, there, there's a moment where he's basically on tech support being like hey I'm trying to watch these people get killed and the experience is bad at this point Kayla appears she's wearing dark glasses and she tases him she grabs the headset and she knows his name she's like Derek who gave you this and he tries to bargain with her she says you own the company you can't play dumb he's like I own a lot of companies uh, and, he's, and she's like well you've got to be more careful uh, and I should explain, he's now tied up naked in a chair in his lounge room. He's like, I tried to cancel my membership and you can't. Like, like once you're in, you're in. She's like, I don't care. I want names. He's like, well, Mike Fallon, he's in my phone. He knows all the other founding members. Kayla then asks Maddie, who's now a ghost, if she should believe. This is unnecessary is what this is. This is so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, should we believe him? Maddie doesn't really say she anything and he continues to bark. So this is like the next little palm. So she also writes something in the palm. But again, we don't know what, what it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's a ghost writing in a palm now. Like, what the hell? What are the rules here? She's hallucinating the ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. she is, right? Because he's like, well, who are you talking to? What are you What are you bloody talking about? This is bloody crazy. <laughs> so anyway, so... Uh, He's like his final bargaining chip is no one has to know you're still alive. But because she tore out her eye, the system thinks she's dead. And she's like, oh, they'll find out soon enough. Cut to black. We hear him getting tortured. And that is the end of the Furies. She's out for revenge. M. M. Peach, what did you think? <laughs> I'm interested. I'm, I, I I feel like like I agree with what you said at the top, Shag. That like it 
this could have been really cool. I am like interested in what this filmmaker intended to say yeah. with this movie. I don't know that that it was said, but I would like to know what the intention was because I feel like there was a lot there that maybe didn't make it. It didn't come across. Yeah. It feels like a, a strong first draft, like getting back to my earlier criticism. Yeah, that he needs friends. Friends. <laughs> friendship. I, I think the villain is loneliness in this film. That's the real <laughs> that's the real villain. Um, there's something here, and and also I should say, I do think it takes courage to not end on a cliffhanger. I think it takes courage if you're telling a, particularly like a weird horror story to sit down and be like, oh, the entire thing is it's a group of blokes who started a company that is VR watching people murdering each other. Like, I think it's always too easy to be like, we never found out what was going on. So I admire having a crack at going and <laughs> explaining that. Um, but um, this is a to M's point though, because I do think it was trying to say something. Sam, do you have I, any I idea no, what you think he was exactly trying to say? My feeling at the end was like, okay, like for what? Like, yeah, it's like it was basically just like he's like, here's some some scenes that would be crazy, and what is, <laughs> yeah, what is the message here? There's, a, I think there just it isn't. I mean, I think there's no yeah, like deeper the meaning. I guess. They said the thing about the patriarch at the mm. beginning, but then it's like the murderers who have to protect a woman. Yep. What's mm. their story pre-entering <laughs> this game? And like, did they? Are, what context are they given about how? Like, are they just murderers? Oh, one more point. One more point. Actually, it does say if you try to get out of it, you are subject to forced participation. <gasps> so potentially, They're they the were people watching. who were watching it who are now part of the mm. game. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they're willing to to kill because they're like, I get what this is. The patriarchal element, I think, is um, something that I always want to see embraced more in films because um, there are a few scarier and more oppressive things. But I feel like mentioning it is a useful, constructive thing to do, and and, and portraying a strong female character, fighting the identifying and fighting the patriarchy, is a constructive thing to do. But then for the entire um, like moving part for all the gears of your film to be beauty and the beast, beauty and the beast, beauty and the beast, um, small cowering women versus big scary men, like sort of really undermines um, whatever clumsy narrative point that our presumably reasonably well-intentioned friendless filmmaker um, <laughs> was was a, like was attempting to make. I, I think there is something there that that could have been approached and just. Yeah, it's it's disappointing that someone who would appear to be reasonably well intentioned was sort of let down by their own uh, lack of competence and lack of friends. So. Yeah, because if I could end with a marketing analogy, like I do think you know any movie that starts with someone spray painting "fuck patriarchy" is probably trying to say something. <laughs> like even if it's very vague, <laughs> probably has like a thrust they're trying yeah. to say. But it reminds me of a case study I saw recently where it was like an anti-bullying campaign where they used uh, like they used sort of like like uh, social media uh, monitoring to pick up people saying like cyberbullying things and every time it registered 230 like like a certain number of comments um, that would be indicative of you know the amount of comments it would take to 
caught like to drive someone to suicide, which is quite a powerful moment, mm. right? But then the way that they executed this campaign was that at every at this certain number of times when they said this is the this is the amount of times that it would cause a you know a teen to commit or like to attempt suicide, they had these posters of teenagers and they had an automated gun that fired a bullet into one of the teenagers. Oh, right. Yeah, that's not helping. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Well, you know, hey, we wish this filmmaker the best. We wish him friends. Yes. Um, Anyone would I like to make friends with him, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's clearly got some space in his diary. Yeah, I don't know that we have a lot in common, um, <laughs> me and this filmmaker. Um, I, I think we can all agree that we all I wish we all best. hate the patriarchy. That's something we have yeah. in common. <laughs> That's true, so maybe there's more in yes. common than me <laughs> so, than we would think. So if we were going to end off this week with scary voices, um, I think Shag and I have just the scariest voices have as sort of the voices of white, male, uh, heteronormative, cisgendered, able-bodied, reasonably well-educated privilege. So we're already scary enough, (laughs) um, I think. But Sammy and M, uh, did you have any scary voices this week? Does anyone want to do a Birdman impression, I was thinking? Birdman. I feel like you might, you seem to know the most about Birdman, how many Rolexes uh, he has. Yeah, like Birdman's (laughs) Lil Wayne's boss. Like he's he's the guy who runs cash money cash money records and there's no way I'm going to do an impression of Bird. He, he sort of has a really constricted sort of sort of voice. The last time I heard him do a voice was on that, do a verse was on whatever that 2011 Drake record that he won a Grammy for was. So I got no Birdman impressions yeah, for no you, Birdman just the scariest all. voice. Of no all. Birdman. I've got a thought. I've got a thought. Should we all just end this? Mm. I mean, you can't, I mean, this is probably the worst thing to do on a pod, but like, should we all just scarily tilt our heads to the side? <laughs> mm. Listeners, you'll know that it's happening. You'll know. Just You'll just feel it. You'll it. feel it. You'll feel it. So from, from all of us here at Spooko and Too Scary Didn't Watch, just sort of feel, feel what this is. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Too Spooko Didn't Watch. If you liked the episode, go check out Spooko. They are at underscore Spooko underscore on Instagram, and you can find more of their podcast episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. And we will be back next week with another episode for you. Next week's episode will be Sweetheart, which is streaming on Netflix. Bye.